This is the Outrageous Takes Podcast, where we're bringing you all of your favorite funny, outrageous sports takes. I'm your host, Lucas Bose, and we'll get right into it after this. Welcome back to the Outrageous Takes Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Lucas Bose, and today I have two guests with me here today. we got Mr. Spencer Barr. What's going on, you guys? And Mr. Nick Heim. Hey, what's going on? And these two guys are the only way I could describe them as they bleed Kansas City. <laughs> Anything, everything, yeah, yeah. KC, it's these boys right here. They know about it, they live it, and they'll fight for it, which is which really sad considering they just beat the shit out of us in the Super Bowl. So I, I had to go through a little bit for that. But um, <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, boys. Um, so I'm Spencer Barr. I'm a junior and I am a double major. I do acting and accounting. Um, and I just finished my play, A Winner's Tale. And like Boozy said, I'm from Kansas City. Yeah, what's going on, guys? That's Nick. Uh, yeah, I'm a senior here. Um, I'm a technical theater and design major. I'm a I'm a sound engineer uh, for live concerts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, big Kansas City fan, born and raised, 22 years. So uh, yeah, here we are. All right, so uh, as you guys have heard, because you listened to the first couple of episodes, this podcast is called Outrageous Takes. And what we do is we take a sports opinion and we take we try to find something that other people think is just crazy, out of this world, like doesn't make any kind of sense. Um, so that's what we've done the first couple of weeks. But today we'll have a couple of those and we'll just talk kind of sports in general. Um, but we'll get into Spencer and Nick's takes and a little bit more after the break. So the first thing that I want to talk about today isn't so much a take, but it's kind of like something that's really big in baseball, especially for KC people, and that's them moving on from Kauffman Stadium for the Royals. Oof, yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, you know, that's a big conversation. You know, it's a it, – see, there's – it's a whole thing. I like the idea. Downtown baseball is really good. The location of the stadiums is kind of whack. It's out of the city. Really just a – Concrete jungle, parking lots, and stuff like that. Um, so if they can get all the tax implications and stuff like that worked out, I don't want to make the people pay for it. That the way that it's going right now is kind of crazy. But I, I, I think moving out of where we are right now is a good idea for the long haul if it's done correctly. Yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty good move, um, especially because I've seen the plans and the city can definitely like afford it based on how they're like reorganizing everything, and it's going to be right by the T-Mobile Center. I think it'll bring a lot of stuff to the Kansas City downtown area, and it opens up a lot of opportunities for Arrowhead to get bigger. Like they're already uh, launching like renovations for that, so I definitely think it's a good move. The only issue that I could potentially see would maybe be parking, but I think I saw something that they have that covered. So see, that's the issue that like I have with Bush stadium in downtown st louis is that it's a nice stadium and it's i mean it's in the middle of the city but there's nowhere like you're either parking right next to the stadium for 100 bucks or you're parking 10 blocks away for 20 like there's not really any in between where it's like you know football stadiums like arrowhead all their parking lots surround the stadium so everybody's parking there and you still have to pay but it's a lot closer yeah that's true uh kansas city as a city is trying to push their streetcar they installed a streetcar uh in some of the downtown areas, like what, like 2013, 2015, something like that. So um, I think the plan of that is also to extend that streetcar lane down to like the Union Station area. So I think they're trying to encourage people to 
like find areas to walk to that streetcar and then go to uh, the new Kaufman. Um, but yeah, the the parking will be an issue. That'll be have some. That'll have to be something that they figure out. But yeah, but I mean, you can build a new stadium all you want. You're never gonna get Royals fans in there if you don't start winning. Okay, yeah, well, we're gonna start winning here soon. I, I think I think we need to save that for Nick's little hot take he's got. Yeah, coming, I mean, so. speaking of that, we can get right into it. Nick, okay. give me your outrageous take. My outrageous take is that the Kansas City Royals will host hoist the World Series trophy sometime in the next three years. It's gonna be easy. Okay, but didn't they easy. like? Weren't they like? 15 games back last year. Okay, okay. Last year was last year. We, we're on building blocks, okay? Uh, we've got new people in the organization, higher-ups. They're making changes. After the World Series r- run in 2015, which I will point out is more recent than a lot of a lot of teams' recent championships. Yeah, I mean, it's you know? like four years more recent than St. Louis's last run. Okay, so I think we got we got the right contracts lined up. We got a good farm system. We're going out. We got Bobby Witt for the next... His entire career. Yeah, dude, he just signed, what, like an 11-year contract Some, or something like something that? Something crazy. You know, in Kansas City, we love those decade-long contracts. But, <laughs> man, I think we got the players. We got we got the veteran support and Salvi. We got the new guys coming up. Uh, the AL Central is notorious for being the easiest division in sports. So we got to get past the Detroit Tigers. We got to get past the Cleveland Guardians. And after that, man, it's smooth sailing to the World Series. I would take the Royals in seven games over anybody. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that we've we've uh, picked up a lot of talent in this offseason. I mean, I don't really watch too much baseball, but from what I've seen, I think that the guys that we've picked up are good to mold our franchise with kind of what Nick was saying, the young and the old guys. Um, and so far, I don't want to knock on, or I should knock on wood, I, sh- I should say. Um, we've been doing pretty good in spring training, but then again, the same thing happened last year, and then we kind of shit the bed during the regular season. So I, I'm, I'm kind of holding my words till the regular season kicks yeah. off. What would you guys say is, like, KC's biggest issue moving forward that would keep them from that? Oh, it is definitely pitching. Let me tell you, the reason why the Kansas City Royals went on their mid-2010s run is because they revolutionized how pitching was done in Major League Baseball. We ditched, like, the starting pitcher, Nator, like, always going seven, eight innings. We had okay first six inning pitchers, and we had a solid... Seven, eight, nine rotation of uh, Herrera and um, Wade Davis and somebody else who I'm forgetting. Like it was like ten years ago, but still, we revolutionized that because nobody else was doing that, and that was every single game. That's how we went on those runs is because we relied on those three guys late in the game. And ever since then, pitching has just been terrible. If we're up four runs in the sixth inning, I am not confident in the Royals at all. Because they just let it slip, it seems like, every time. Yeah, that's what, like, the issue last year with the Cardinals was. Like, we had a good roster, and we had some, like, youth, and we had a chance to, like, get close to the playoffs, but the pitching was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it sold so many, like, tight games for us that we just, we never had a shot. And another thing with the Royals, too, is back whenever they were going on those runs, they they had, like, a much more, like, get-the-ball-and-play mentality, and they had a little bit, like, older, more experienced guys. So, you know, we were always getting the ball in play, and we had the Speed Nation, that you know, Ooh, Dyson yeah, and that kind guys. of stuff. So um, I feel like our guys were a lot younger the past couple years, and they weren't really trying to get the ball in play as much, and they were kind of more looking out for their strikeout total, I think. Yeah. All right, so we – We'll get right into our next take with Spencer uh, after this short little break. So we'll be right back.
Okay, we're just going to get right into it here. Spencer, give me your outrageous take. Um, you know, I wouldn't even say it's too outrageous, but then again, this is like a Kansas City episode, so I, I got to stick with the theme here. Um, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs have by far the best cornerback duo in the NFL, um, and I think it's not talked about enough. What do, what do you think, Boozy? See, that's the thing. It's, one thing I'll give Kansas City credit on is they develop talent like nobody else, and they draft so well. Like, you're telling me you picked two of, like, probably the top ten corners in the league in the last three years with LeJarrius Sneed and Trent McDuffie? Like, I would say the only duo that kind of competes with that would be, like, I don't. I actually don't even see anybody competing with them recently. Like, they're just, they're locked down. Locked down, boys. Yeah, and, like, if you look at, I like to look at the, uh, the Instagram Next Gen Stats page, and they got some crazy stats on there. And I just feel like they, it was one of those things where our offense wasn't really getting too much work done, especially throughout the playoffs. It kind of had me worried. It's like we were lagging and lagging throughout, especially the first half. And then, you know, we kind of pick it up towards the second quarter. And you don't, you can't really do that unless you have a great defense. But they're putting up against all, like, really big-name guys. I mean, we played the Bills, Stephon Diggs. You get, the 49ers are stacked with talent. I mean, and we saw them, like, put up some pretty good reps against, like, some big-name guys, which I thought was really impressive. And I think our defense overall this year was, like, the whole reason we even got to the Super Bowl. In like, the whole media attention was centered around Taylor Swift all year, so our defense didn't even get talked about too much. It was all yeah. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Taylor Swift. That's, so That's one of the things that has, like, led them to, you know, six straight AFC appearances and, like, three Super Bowls in the last, what, six years, is their ability to draft – so well, even into like the later rounds. I mean, because you're talking, you've got you pulled Trent McDuffie, mm-hmm. Lajarius Sneed, George Karloftis, a bunch of like really good Isaiah Pacheco seventh round. Talent. Yeah, Pacheco in the seventh round is crazy, and now he's what two rings? Yep. Yeah, two rings. Only crazy. Super Bowls. Only crazy. Super Bowls. And Nick Bolton too. He's underrated. We yeah, lost Adam him. Mizzou. Yeah. Nick Bolton is crazy. He's one of the best players on the Chiefs, and he's so overlooked. It's definitely because he came from Mizzou. Ripen. He's like. He's so overlooked, but he's, like, one of the best linebackers. He's the best linebacker in the league. Dude, I swear. an easy top ten linebacker. Uh, For sure. Easy. easy. Like, there's only, like, a few guys that I could think of, like, quick off the top of my head that I'd be like, oh, yeah, I want that guy in pass pro and also, like, defending the run. That'd be, like, Roquan Smith, obviously, mm-hmm. Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Dre Greenlaw's up there for me. I don't know if he's top five yet. Yeah. But he's, I mean, yeah, he's, that, he's, he's, he's that type of guy, too. Like, Dre Greenlaw came out of Arkansas. Pretty overlooked, and then just exploded in the NFL, and it's like it made a huge difference when he went down in the Super Bowl. Insane difference! That was a game shifting moment. They had holes in the pass game, holes in the run game. Like there was just so much more space. Yeah, no, I definitely agree because like you saw how big of a difference it made for our team, especially the defense. Whenever Nick Bolton went down, it was honestly like as big of an impact as Patrick Mahomes going down for the offense. Like it was kind of crazy. You could tell they weren't as didn't have that communication they normally have whenever he's there. I think, especially linebackers, they're in like one of the most, the least exciting positions on the defense. So it takes a lot for them to be celebrated. Like the safeties and the linemen are like right in the action. But if your linebacker screws up, it's so easy for the for just the entire defense to fall apart. But yeah, I think Legarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Nick Bolton are were like the secret ingredients to getting us on that run. Even like the last couple of years, they've just been locked down. It's been crazy. Yeah, and people be hating about how uh, Patrick Mahomes has been like. He's, he's been had like a great offense like his whole career but I mean honestly like whenever you're comparing him to Brady like Brady had that great defense 
all every, every season. year it seems like, but this year was kind of the only year that we could kind of fall back on that. So, gotta still kind of add the Patrick Mahomes goat debate a little bit. Yeah, that's what another one of the things I want to talk about is a lot of people talk about, and I'm I think this too is his only weapon over the last couple of years that's been consistent, consistent has been Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey's moving into, what, his age 35 season? Yeah, he was drafted in 2013, I think. So, yeah, he's getting he's getting up there. But but I, I'm interested to see, one, how long he sticks around. I mean, because yeah. the, man, the man's won three Super Bowls. He's now, like, a, basically a pop star because he's dating yeah. Taylor Swift. He's everywhere all the time. How long does he stick around if they're, like, if he's on, I mean, he's – You've been like, I won. I've got my money. I'm in commercials. I got a hot girlfriend that's super popular. Like, what if he doesn't want to stick around? Say he leaves next year. What does the Chiefs' offense look like? You know, I actually think that we've done good. Like, Rasheed Rice is huge breakout this year. And I think that our pick this year, a lot of teams are focusing, like, on a lot of other areas where I think a really good wide receiver could fall to us with our first-round pick. Kansas City is known to not invest in, like, a receiver position or a running back for, the, for their first overall. Normally, they go for like a O-lineman or someone on defense, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got another guy. Because and even whenever you think back to when we had Tyreek Hill, a lot of people forget about this. Tyreek Hill, I mean, he was great, obviously, and we are not the same team without him, but he he actually did have some problems with drops. Whenever we went, like, whenever he was on the team, it just didn't get talked about that much, and this year is kind of the same thing. So, um, But I think that we kind of got our rhythm. Kadarius Tony stopped starting. It was getting a lot better towards the end. Yeah, I think that's one thing you have to look at. Is like, even though Tyreek had drops, he still had – massive production yeah, massive upside sure. but like you look at Kendarius Tony and even MVS who had a lot of drops this year there's serviceable talent there but there's not like Tyreek level talent there you know yeah yeah we actually just dropped MVS a couple days ago and I think that was the right decision I think I think he had a bad he had a bad PR year but overall like it wasn't that bad he really had a couple I think I think he lands somewhere else for sure yeah he'll he'll definitely get another job and I think he'll be remembered as a legend in Kansas City. He he had those two insane catches in the last two Super Bowls right at the end of the one against the Eagles and the first touchdown of the game, this one. And so that's what he'll be remembered for because of the outcome of the season. But yeah, I think those those drops were just real untimely. But yeah, like we we drafted Tyreek and developed... I mean, he was a great receiver. But then we had to let him go. So I have confidence we'll get some, some depth at the receiver position and develop Rasheed more. Um, I think Travis does only have a couple years left. Same with Andy, where uh, Patrick Mahomes' career is gonna gonna be at the bookend of theirs and have to evolve into something else. So hopefully we don't see something like, I mean, I don't know, like sort of Drew Brees, you know, where he won won big early and then sort of had just some mad teams made had, it like, far. Great statistical years, yeah. but no like playoff Still never success. won an MVP. But Brees had like the most five thousand yard seasons of any quarterback ever. And every year that he had a crazy statistical year and his team performs decently well, he wouldn't win the MVP because some other quarterback like Manning, like Peyton Manning or yeah. Tom Brady, had just like a, a slightly better year or even a slightly worse year, but they went further in the playoffs. It was usually Brady, honestly. Yeah, Brady or Manning because he has like four or five MVPs. But yeah. And then they also – Breeze also had some bad luck. He was – he was on both the um, Minneapolis Miracle other side, yeah. I'm pretty sure, and the other side of the um, the Rams pass interference at the goal line. 
um, when the Rams scored freaking three points in the Super Bowl two weeks later against Brady. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's been a tough decade to be a, a Saints fan, but all right. That is all I have for this week. Thanks for joining us, guys. Special thanks to Nick and Spencer for coming on. We really appreciate you guys. And we will be back with more next week. Peace out. This has been the Outrageous Takes Podcast. As always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Lucas Bose. We'll be back next week with more Outrageous Takes, more hilarious content, even more guests. Until then, baby, I'll see you.